0: not too far away past, advertising didn't hunt you down the way it does now. When it popped up on your television set, you could change the channel or go get some ice cream from the fridge. When it showed up in the newspaper or a magazine, you glanced away or turned the page. Now it's right there in your pocket, on your phone, often standing between you and something you want to read or watch. You are a prisoner of Madison Avenue. That is why, although the world's businesses spend about a half trillion dollars a year on ads to persuade you to buy their stuff, more Americans than ever are buying ad-blocking software. Now comes Andrew Essex with his book, The End of Advertising, at least advertising as we know it. Essex was CEO of the ad agency Droga 5 and literally from the streets of Manhattan. He explains here that from Don Draper's ashes, there must rise better ads. title of this book would leave some people saying, hey, that's great, and other people, a few people, going, ooh, damn.
1: Well, I think if you're a consumer, you haven't been a big fan of advertising for a long time. And if you're in the advertising business, you recognize that the industry isn't dying, it's just changing.
0: Advertising has been around a very long time. Are you saying it's been a devil's bargain for a very long time, and people are now saying, we don't need to deal with this devil anymore?
1: It has been a devil's bargain. We've been asked to watch something in exchange for something else. You can watch this program if you agree to have it interrupted every few minutes by something you didn't ask to see. And that was always part of the understanding. But now, because of all these new formats, over-the-top television, the Netflix, the HBOs of the world, we're seeing television without interruption. And then we're also seeing the event of things like ad blocking getting rid of most digital advertising. So the canvas is being taken away in which advertising was usually seen. And people are saying, why do we still need to see it?
0: People do have the option now of buying out of advertising content.
1: Consumers have choices like never before, whether it's ad-free television or ad blockers. They have tons and tons of weapons to avoid advertising.
0: There's a, a history of advertising as kind of part of the culture. Uh, when when you have ad campaigns that people remember for decades, finger licking good, everybody knows that. I, I like, like my chicken, chicken finger licking lickin good. We've tried other places, but we always come back to Kentucky Fried Chicken. We come up every day. I like my chicken finger licking good. Sure. m and melt in your mouth, not in finger. your hand. All hands love M&Ms. Cause some melts in your mouth, not in your hand.
1: M&Ms chocolate candies.
0: So, so advertising was a part of culture, even apart from the products. Yeah, advertising
1: has always been part of culture. It's created jingles, it's created images. Just have to watch an episode of Mad Men to know that. But the culture changed and advertising stayed behind. And that's why it's going through such a hard time, right?
0: About half of your book is about people trying to block ads to avoid them, and the other half is about advertisers trying to get around people trying to block what they have to say. <laughs>
1: Be funny, isn't it? Yeah, I, I there are 495 scripted shows on TV right now. There's so much content. There's really no appetite for interruption. So people are finding ways to avoid unwanted interruption like never before. And then you've got advertisers forcing people to watch ads with new forms. It's just a crazy dynamic that we live in right now, where there's so much content. People are finding new ways to block advertising. Some people think that. It may have a direct effect on the economy, but the industry is a $600 billion business, and the money is still being spent. The question is just where it's being spent. Uh, there used to be only three networks, and they ingested the lion's share of the revenue. Now, with over-the-top formats, people subscribing to TV, advertisers have to find new places to spend their money.
0: You point out how much money is made by ad-blocking software. For some of these um, ad-blocking devices, why are people so intent on blocking ads that before, if you read a magazine, a newspaper, you just turned the page?
1: It's just technological innovation. Someone once argued that the original ad-blocker was the human head. People used to use the commercials as an opportunity to go to the bathroom, but we never had a technological format that allowed us to block ads. So I think that's just the repercussions of 50 years of underestimating the consumer, and their willingness to put up with something they didn't want to see.
0: Is it the ads themselves or the nature of ads on iPads and iPhones that people really object to?
1: That's a really, really good question. So the context and the proliferation of content has probably made the ads more objectionable. But then there's contextually relevant advertising. So when something seems out of context, it's particularly egregious. If you're reading about plumbing and you get an ad for archery, you're going to be infuriated. So, so much seems out of context and so much seems superfluous.
0: If you're looking up something about hip pain and you see a pop-up ad about hip replacements, isn't that on the other end of offensive?
1: Sometimes it, it suggests that people are... Um, spying on you, or know too much about you. But I would argue it makes more sense to get a hip pain ad while you're reading about hip replacement than to get an ad about a cruise ship. Although I suppose some people with a cruise let's say an ad for running shoes. That would, that would really be out of context, so it might be nice to have gotten an initial contextually relevant message about hip pain medication. But if you get it over and over and over again, it's sort of like being stalked by an ex-lover.
0: I wonder if ads are like what people say about Congress. People say they hate Congress, but as it turns out, they may hate the idea of Congress, but they keep reelecting their members of Congress.
1: Look, people love brands. People's hearts beat faster than the brands they love, but they just don't like being interrupted. I, I like my congressmen when they're helping me. I don't like them when they're
0: infuriating
1: me. And unfortunately, most advertising is built around the premise of being rude and interruptive, and that's infuriating.
0: What does a good Good. ad look or sound like in this day and age? Or is there any such thing when there are so many platforms?
1: People love ads in the Super Bowl. The Lego movie was a great 90-minute ad. There are tons of examples of great ads. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they're the minority, not the majority. So whether it's advertising, movies, or interpretive dancing in Times Square, the good stuff succeeds and the bad stuff sinks like never before. And in an economy of unprecedented abundance, good is going to win and bad is going to fail. Let me give you an example. So are you familiar with City Bike in New York City, the bike sharing program? And so to me, that's as important as a, a, a season's worth of 60 minutes. It is a transformative example of how advertising can make the world a better place. It provided a communications channel that was subsidized by a big brand and helped people in reduce their waistline and their carbon footprint. So advertising and brands can aspire to do great, great, meaningful things, subsidize the arts, help solve massive societal problems, but it mostly doesn't.
0: Do you think we're going to a place where people will just say, okay, here's my $30 a month or $50 a month. I'm going to get my $50 a month worth of what I pick and choose to watch with no ads.
1: Yes, I do. Unfortunately that creates another sort of divide, like the digital divide, where the haves, those with some wealth can live in an ad-free society, and those that don't will be forced to endure tormenting advertising. It's an unfortunate class divide. On January 24th, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984.
0: You mentioned the Super Bowl. Why is it the exception? People don't just put up with ads in the Super Bowl. They actually look forward to them.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a, a unique anomaly the ad industry. It's the only business where you expect greatness one day of the year, mediocrity 364 days a year. Huh. There's a huge audience being delivered, so people try harder. I just don't think that's a very sustainable model.
0: You remember, I think in 1984, the Where's the Beef ad for Wendy's? Where's the beef?
1: Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun.
0: Where's the beef?
1: At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call the single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey,
0: where's the beef? Mm-hmm that line came up yeah. in a presidential debate what's new some of the others know
1: about coming out from entrepreneurs you know hear do when I hear
0: your new ideas I'm reminded of that ad where's the beef Yeah. <laughs> I just don't see ads anymore that get that kind of life and bounce
1: right. but that's a function of ubiquity you're talking about the loss of a great iconic line so better to see something like the Lego movie. Or City Bike. That's the new version of
0: Where's the Beef. I'd like to buy the world a home
1: and furnish it with love.
0: Andrew Essex, the author of The End of Advertising on the Streets of New York, surrounded by advertising, thank you so much.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Teach the
0: world to sing, sing with me. Epic Epic comedy. Epic Epic comedy. Comedy. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's engineered by Tim French and Todd G. Levin and edited by Levin. The trips down Advertising's memory lane are from YouTube, and the theme music to the AMC series Mad Men was from A Beautiful Mind by RJD2. Subscribe to Pat Morrison Asks and never miss a podcast. I am Pat Morrison.